Hello, everybody. It's Kateri. And Owen. And welcome to the Soothsayer's Tea feature episode. Today, we're going to be discussing spell work. What is it? Where to start? And why do you suck at it? Why do we all suck at it? Why are we all the worst witch ever? That was a good show. It was a good show. (laughs) But yes, so kind of bringing to the spirit of our Tarot Talk episode, this is going to be inspired by the High Priestess. And what else is more fitting than just talking about witchcraft in general? Yeah, I think so too. I think spellcraft, spellcraft, witchcraft, spell work. There we go. Yes. Is a great topic for this episode. Also, for anyone wondering why I might sound a little bit different this week, it's because I am extremely ill. Yes. Not ill as in, like, cool, just sick. Like, disgusting. I'm not. I don't think anyone has used the word ill for cool since, like, at least the 90s. Like, you're, like, that is such an, like, that's a a grandmother thing to say. That's not even, like, middle age. That's grandmother. Well, again, podcast is cancelled. Thank you, everybody, for listening. Oh, all right. <laughs> our weekly cancelling. <laughs> <laughs> our weekly or hourly cancelling. Um, so one of the first questions to really start off with is, what the hell is a spell? Well, that is a really big question. A spell can be a lot of things. And depending on the tradition or traditions that you belong to, your own concept of how spell work and magic works is going to be different to someone else's and most of them and i'm putting emphasis on most but not all are perfectly valid and if it works it works i mean that's kind of my philosophy for this if it works it works but don't don't gaslight yourself into thinking it's working i want i want you to take that message to heart yeah like we're definitely going to be discussing spell crafting in a sense that makes sense to us individually as practitioners um there's gonna be things that we're gonna agree on disagree on um, I think that there is um, a lot of nuance to that. And I think one one type of magic is, that works for one person is not going to work for everybody. Um, witchcraft or just pagan work in general is very, very personal. Um, I'm assuming some of our listeners are coming off of um, maybe former Christians. It's kind of like kind of in the concept of Christian prayer that some people will be praying for different things. But again, what the hell is a spell? Honestly, this is a much bigger question than a neither of us can answer, let alone a podcast, because I think theologians and philosophers and um, academics have been discussing what this is for a millennia. So we can only really discuss what it means to us. Yeah, and the thing is as well, that will go for a lot of these questions. We're going to be talking about this now, yes, in this episode, but it will also feature heavily, I'd say, in some future episodes because there's a lot to cover here. A lot. Yeah, yeah and when it comes to spell um, spell work, this is basically um, where to start and why are you failing. Um, we're definitely going to have um, additional episodes talking about this in the future, I think, um, because it is such a, a large thing. Um, so... When it comes to spell or magic, what exactly is magic for you? For me, it would, it sort of depends. I do a lot of different types of spell work, I guess you put in quotation marks, because Mm -hmm. a lot of what I do wouldn't be considered spells by other people because they're not so much as they are prayers. Um, I'm sort of religious before i am uh, a witch like i'm more um pagan i guess you'd say but that's not really that's sort of it i do work with pagan deities and sort of pre-christian deities but i also have a lot of elements of catholicism in my practice and a lot of my spell work is just lighting saint candles and saying prayers to saints and begging them to help me find my headphones for example <laughs> thank you very much um or my computer mouse. and i okay i will say this now I have never had a prayer to St. Anthony fail. I was, um, I got my hair cut once and like it was just by my mother. It was over quarantine and we were out sitting on the balcony and I was like, you know, shaking myself off afterwards like a wet dog because I had hair all over me. And my ring that was very, very important to me flew off my finger and into the like field below us. Oh my and gosh. this was very, like this was like 
four to five inches across. The ring was not easily going to be found. And I didn't even see where it went. Um, I just noticed that it was off. I, I felt it leave my finger and then I, it was gone. I couldn't see it anywhere. I didn't even see it hit the ground. And my mother gasped at me into thinking that I took it off before we started. And I was like, no. I don't believe you. And so I went downstairs, climbed out my window, climbed over the fence and said my little prayer to St. Anthony and just sort of walked around a little bit in a circle. Mm, Okay, wait, that's not true. I walked around for half an hour looking for it. Then I came back in, lit my candle for St. Anthony, said a little prayer, begged him, beseeched him. And then literally within like two minutes of being outside, I found it. There you go. And I think that people don't quite understand again that kind of comes into like what is actually spell work right can it Mm -hmm. be as almost kind of consecrated down to a prayer to um, a deity in this case a saint which is something i'm very interested in in the future i think in my practice is kind of bringing in more saint work um so basically what's the spell what is magic to um, each individual for me um I am going to be referencing um, a lot of Jason Miller's book in this episode, which is The Elements of Spellcrafting, because I felt that it was a kind of a cornerstone book for me on understanding spellcrafting, understanding magic, understanding such and such. Um, I would highly recommend anybody go out and get it. Um, I find it funny because the cover of the book makes it sound like like it's going to be some really woo-woo stuff. But if you actually go through it, it's actually really down to earth. Um, there's a lot of cursing in it because he doesn't hold no bars. Like he's he's very casual in his approach and it's a great book. Honestly, even if you're not pagan, I think it's a very interesting book for people to read just because I think it really does put home the almost mundaneness of magic and how it's very much so influences the real world. It's not as for lack of a better term, as magical as people think it is. So one of the uh, things that he kind of steps on that I really believe in is that magic is an influence, not a cause. So we can kind of influence things, but we can't make things out of nothing. And the one thing that I'm seeing with a lot of newer practitioners, especially when they're seeing um, spells and such um, on social media, is that they kind of get the wrong idea of what spell work actually is. And again, you're influencing your life towards the things that you want to do. And number one, when it comes to any type of spell work, the first thing that you need to do is decide what your practice is going to be. So I don't necessarily believe it's funny because there's a lot of things that are good for beginners, but spell work, I wouldn't say it's necessarily a advanced technique because it isn't, but it's like cooking. Anybody could cook, but not everybody can cook well. So I think it's important to almost really kind of figure out what you're doing in your practice first and kind of get that established and researched before you start stepping into kind of manipulating those influences. Yeah. And I mean, to me, magic is all about balance. Um, it's, I guess it's sort of like my personal philosophy, but it's also a little bit of what I've been taught. Um, when I would like cast a spell or say a prayer or do a petition, I'm tipping sort of the balance in my favor or in the favor of what I want to happen. So if I were to, for example, say a prayer to St. Anthony, that's me sacrificing something and lifting the scales in my favor so that I get what I want and bringing me sort of closer to the path I want to be on. It's still not guaranteed because like, I mean, it's just a prayer. It's just, it's just, it's an influence, not a cause, right? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. What you literally, you just said, it's an influence, not a cause. I'm just, I'm changing things a little bit to be more in my favor. That doesn't mean that it's 100% still going to happen because nothing is a hundred percent going to happen ever. That is impossible. Um, and even in like, there's things that I can do to make it more likely to happen. And there's ways that I can fuck up and make it less likely to happen. But you know, yeah, exactly. It's, so yeah, there's so many things. And I, I do want to discuss perhaps like blowback um, a little bit later, but um, deciding your practice is going to be a big thing. And that comes into kind of introducing yourself into communities. I generally recommend doing like online communities. Um, I We have a really big stronghold, like 
strong um kind of strong grip onto the discord communities that we um join i think that's where i've kind of learned a lot in my practice because it's not a race so deciding what you want to be for your practice and when i mean deciding your practice i don't mean like mm, i'm a storm witch or mm, you know what i'm a cosmic witch. i'm a sea witch because i like to swim and i like mermaids yeah what i mean by that is that finding your practice or deciding your practice and researching your practice is that seeing if you actually want to follow either an ancient or established religion. Uh, Wicca is very much so a organized religion in the sense that they have a hierarchy and such, and there's nothing wrong with that. But when it comes to spell work is that you are going to have to live within those parameters. If you're standing in a tradition, you have to play by those rules. Um, if you're going to choose to be a eleptic witch, which means that you kind of take a little bit from everything, which is what I do, you really need to know your stuff. And I find I don't even know what to call the witchcraft that you see on social media nowadays. Um, it's almost like its own version of folk craft to a certain extent. Would you agree? I wouldn't necessarily because I think a lot of people will call themselves folk practitioners and folk witches when what they're actually practicing would be sort of eclectic witchcraft or just general witchcraft. I don't, I don't, I, when I use the term folk magic and like folk witchcraft, I'm talking specifically about a group of people and it's usually very heavily influenced by a specific culture. Yeah, and when I should make it clear, when I say folk craft, I don't mean like the actual concept of folk witchcraft, which is an established tra- practice. I'm like, is this a new type of like craft that people are making when it comes to social media and does it have a validity to it? Because I have a difficult time when I see these people doing things on social media. Why are they doing it for attention? Because often they're doing it for attention and a lot of the stuff, all the ingredients that they're using don't make a whole lot of sense. Yeah, I mean, I think you could also sort of argue that the internet is like a community and that the online witchcraft community have created their own folk witchcraft yes. as they are now the folk that it belongs to. Yes. And it was heavily influenced by internet culture and the culture that they have brought to the table themselves. Yeah, and that's what I mean. So I wonder if that's going to kind of develop just because of the energies surrounding it. Um, so Anyway, going back to deciding your practice, I don't need necessarily as simple as, again, deciding if you are a sea witch or like a dark witch, like find actually established practices, um, whether they be um, Kermetic or Norse pagan or something of the sort. You don't have to necessarily follow those to a T, but they are going to give you a really, really, really strong basis to work your craft off of. Because I find a lot of times when you see um, these internet practitioners is that that um, spell is going to work very well for them or they're not giving you enough information because they have to fit it within a minute on TikTok. You know, TikTok lets you do 10 minute videos now. Oh, they do. Yeah. So even 10 minutes doesn't feel like enough. (laughs) No, it's insane. Um, This is so so off topic, but I got the notification the other day on my TikTok and it was like, congratulations, you can now make 10 minute videos. And I was like, okay, there is no way I'm going to be watching a 10 minute video on TikTok. (laughs) But like, what? what right i don't think that i don't know if that platform is kind of built for that because it's kind of built off that short form almost adhd form of um like consumption but either way so what i'm getting at is that if you want to do something you do have to research it um when it comes to like for example if you want to get into astrology you really have to get your nose into the books and not just google a few things get the base knowledge of it and think that you have it. You have to really kind of study what you want to do and research your practice. If you want to get into astrology, I have so much respect for you. And also you are insane because there is so much there and all of it is numbers. And that is just, that is awful. That is truly awful. (laughs) Astrology is just like spell work with math. I know it's not even spell work, honestly. It's just that you can use that influence again to kind of um, bolster your own spell work. Um, But researching your practice, the reason why it's so important is because honestly, um, using spell uh, books or seeing spells that you see online, because I'm sure you'll pick up those like a thousand one spells and you'll find one and you'll do it and it means nothing and there's issues with those spell books is because they're absolutely written to just get content out these are not like who who and who the hell 
has like literally a fucking like a thousand spells at their disposal. I don't like. Are you kidding me? Like I that, think that is insane. Yeah, it's literally written to get content out. It's literally written because they want to have people to. Um, like if somebody needs to, I don't know, curse their neighbor because they stole their spotted horse, then they have to write a spell for that. And like, it's not going to work. It's just frankly not going to work because it's not going to be curated for your goals. And the question is, is that what are your goals? Yeah, I think you do really, I'm not, I don't want to use the word intention here, but I do think when you're doing spell work, you need to know what your intention is and you need to have set goals. Doing spell work without sort of a a, a set goal in mind and a final cause, like an actual result that you want to happen can be a little bit dodgy. It can be quite unpredictable. Um, and also reading spells, like you were saying, from like spell books, like A Thousand and One Spells. I, is that a book? I think it might be a book. It is. Um, yeah, it is. It sounds familiar. You, If you're not understanding what you're doing, which you probably won't be if you're reading an, like a spell book, because it's just going to tell you what to do. But if you don't understand what you are doing, then you are not going to get the best result possible. It's better to do something yourself that you have made up and you know why you're adding each component or why you're doing each step the way you are than it is to just sort of do stuff because someone else told you to when you have that sort of foundation of knowledge behind it it is so much better yeah and that comes into having measurable goals as well because the first thing everybody asks and it's one of those you're so funny i've never heard this one before it's just like oh well why can't you just like you know win the lottery because you're you're such a powerful practitioner why can't you just win the lottery it's like because it's not a measurable goal because you still your life has to be in a position to be enchanted right like the chance if you win the lottery is you're more likely to get hit by lightning the same spot three times over than it is to win the lottery that's just the reality of it that's just numbers which is magic in its own bit but it comes into is that what are you doing in your life to actually get your your position in a basically putting yourself in a position to be enchanted. And what I mean by that is that if you are um, like weird and smelly and you're trying to do a spell for a girlfriend, but you don't leave the house and you like play League of Legends 18 hours a day. This is such a specific attack on a very specific <laughs> type of person. <laughs> well, it is, but it comes into, it's just like, I'm trying to be as specific as possible because spell work is hyper specific like that because that comes into is like what are you actually doing to actually man i don't want to say manifest but what i mean by manifesting like what are you actually doing to allow that spell work to happen so um winning the lottery for example um which is a bad example but if i were to do like a money spell right um let's just say i end up getting a hundred thousand dollars because i just got hit by a truck and now i am disabled i have a hundred thousand dollars because i wasn't specific enough yeah and i mean it also sort of like this circles back around to what i was talking before about balance if you wanted to sort of tip the balance in your favor and win the lottery you would need to buy a hundred thousand lotto tickets um it's that that is such uh like the balance is so not in your favor for this right now it is so unlikely to happen that the things you would have to do to increase the likelihood of it happening are insane and way too much to give and such a waste of time when there are better ways to get money. Do a job spell and then go out and look for a job. (laughs) Exactly. Like it's like almost like wishing for a baby when you do not have a nursery. It's like, or trying to go be like, go to an adoption agency, be like, hi, give me a baby. I don't have any preparation for the baby, but I deserve one. You're not going to get one. They're not going to, like the adoption agency is not going to give you a baby. So if you don't have everything in place to make this happen, it's not going to happen for you. Yeah. And a good example, again, going back to the good example of the um, lottery, because that's the first thing people come back to is just say, why can't you win the lottery? I'm like, do you know how many other people are wishing for that lottery? I can't go against that. There's so much power behind that. (laughs) Or like the cast a spell on me right now, literally like turn me into a chicken do it right now yeah that's not how it works yeah Yeah, that's it's 
Physics is still a thing. Physics is very much a thing. <laughs> Again, it's just that it's funny because once you start asking these naysayers kind of some questions, um, you can actually almost see their mindset is almost very compatible with spell crafting. Because you ask them, do you think everything happens for a reason? Absolutely. Okay. So if there is something that you can do to influence things to happen for a reason, then why wouldn't you? And it, Be they the reason things happen, you know? Be the reason. <laughs> and I think the problem is, is that a lot of people kind of get too caught up in the concept of doing things or the um like they start kind of following the steps to kind of do a spell work and then they feel good about it and then they think that's successful no honestly a lot of spell work is very boring it's not that very like love and light woo woo stuff it's just that you're you're doing the work you'll get success if you did it right yeah and i guess that also can sort of lead us into doing mundane things along with sort of magical things to get a better outcome like if you cast like do some kind of spell work for getting a job and this is always my favorite example and it's so overused but i don't care if you do a sort of spell work for getting a job and then you don't apply to a single job the likelihood of you getting a job is very very low if you don't do spell work and you apply for a job yeah you might get it you might not if you do spell work and you apply for a job yeah you might get it and you might not but there's a higher chance of you getting it. Yeah. And it, it's just money spells kind of go into like job spells here for me as well. Is that I'll, some people will be like, you know what? Um, I just want to have more prosperity. And they do the whole process and they do everything right. And everything's hunky dory until they're working 60 hours a week at their job and they just want to pull their head out, like their hair out of their head. Because now they're working Very so relatable much. relatable content. Yes, because <laughs> you have to be specific. And what I mean specific is that, like, let's just say you want $10,000. You have to be like, okay, I want to do this project. I want to attract this project within my capabilities. That's not going to stress me out from this type of client. And then you yeah. want to have it by this date. That is where you want to get into specifics. Because if you just say, no, I want $10,000, well, congratulations. Now you got into a car accident and the payout's just enough to be able to pay off the car. But now you have to, you know, fix your car. Yeah, that's I, I really like that you keep using car crashes as an example here. <laughs> um, I am a really big fan of including dates and times in my spell work and including that sort of time period um, because... I want things done quickly and I want to know when things are being done. I don't want like, no matter what it is, I don't like to be surprised. I don't want something thrown at me out of the blue, even if I did want it. I just, I like the set date and time, you know? <laughs> yeah. And that's why when I see spell work online and people are just like, mm, just do this for self-love. It's just like, okay, you did that spell and now you love the creator that made it because that spell was made for that creator. <laughs> That's quite funny, actually. I never thought about that. So, spell to be like, why would you want to do somebody else's spell? Why would you want to? Yeah, make your own. It's more fun. It's also make, less work. It's less work, and that comes into again making sure it is personal to you. It is specific to you, and very specific because measurable things are important, and it has to be realistic to the situation that you're in because you'll see that when people talk about being very successful practitioners they've been practicing for 5 10 15 30 years it's because they have these little steps these little things that they've kind of built themselves up to to be successful i see this a lot of younger practitioners is that they think they could do one or two spells and then before they know it they're a rock star or a movie star or they have like a social media star it doesn't work that way it's not that simple it's these tiny little things that you slowly build up to and you slowly 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 build up and you build your life with spell work yeah absolutely and i think that can sort of leading us into our next part where we talk about finding your own practice and finding your own framework with from with with within from yes. within 
wherein you can do your spell work. <laughs> yeah, and that comes into is that you're going to find a lot of success if you connect with what you're doing. Yeah. Yeah, if you are having um sort of I guess I don't want to say doubts, but if you're not really feeling what you're doing, you're not interested in what you're researching, you're not you don't really believe, I guess, in the components that you are putting into your spell work it's probably not going to work out. And I'm not saying that belief is this very, very important thing, but I definitely believe that confidence is. Um, and it doesn't have to be necessarily confidence within yourself, but just confidence within your ability to bring things that you want your way and how you're doing them. And I, to... Go ahead. I think that belief is almost like, can be almost an antithesis to it because what ends up happening is that people believe in this so much that they don't feel like they have to do any type of research to it. They just see that protection with Rosemary, but they're not seeing all the other aspects of Rosemary that could actually, you know, with their spell. So Mm -hmm. that comes into is that like, what are you, do you know your practice? Do you know what you're doing? Are you interested? If you want to be a, a green witch or herbologist, do you know every aspect of the herb that you're using because yeah. a, a good example would be something that kind of came across as my travels is that there was somebody who was suggesting wolfsbane for protection and i was just like okay uh, i'm just gonna ask um what can you tell me about wolfsbane and they're like well i don't research everything i put in my book of shadows and it's like <laughs> That is the dumbest thing I've ever heard. <laughs> and the thing is, is that, okay, well, one, Wolfsbane, Econite, like, that is actually a poison that will kill you. Like, I'm not even exaggerating. Like, if you touch it, it is poisonous and it will kill you. So the other aspects of it, of course, is it, it is protective. It's protective in a way that, um, you know, like blowing up somebody's, like, truck would definitely keep them away from you. So... Knowing the additional properties of each plant is what's going to help your spell work. Because if you were to just use Wolfsbang in a protection spell, um, you could possibly influence some really nasty things for that people that you're pointed to. Um, a good example in my case is I had some protections up and there was an unfortunate situation that was no fault of the person where they had to remove me from a project, right? They got flack back for that. They got like an attack because of my protections and I felt bad about that because I was just like you know what that wasn't their fault but because my protections were so prickly per se it didn't have that like discretion not to attack somebody that didn't have any intentional harm towards me but it did end up harming me in general Mm -hmm. and And that's I guess bringing us back into specificity which we will continue to say 600 times before this episode is over and it's being specific in your protections yeah and it's not just what your intent is is that it's what is the products that you're using when i say products is that again you see these people almost putting together spells like their like ingredients like their recipes and it doesn't work that way because what ingredients are contradicting each other you have to consider these things and this comes into research like you wouldn't put salt on bacon i mean i mean you might but you shouldn't you really shouldn't (laughs) that is unnecessary okay (laughs) very unnecessary but as a canadian you do definitely want to put maple on bacon it's amazing get get out please leave I will be continuing this podcast by myself. Don't. T- Why would you say that to me right now? <laughs> I swear to God, you will love it. But again, this comes into researching your practice and understanding what you're doing. Because I just, I don't like aesthetic witchcraft where you see people again. I, I feel like this is going to be like us saying the same thing over again. Be specific. Don't follow what you see people do online. You want to get to the core of it. And a lot of it comes into reading books, learning about herbs or learning about whatever practices you use. Um, If you're a ceremonialist, you definitely want to just make sure that you understand. Um, Again, I'm not a ceremonialist myself, so I can only speak very vaguely on this. But let's just say that you are doing um, like the Star Ruby. Are you familiar with the entities that you're pulling in that that does banishing? Or are you just calling upon their names and being like, hi, I don't know who the hell you are, but thanks for helping me. 
No, you want to do some research so you can do proper respect to those entities coming in so they are more interested in serving you. Because if you're not doing a proper like research, then what's the point of even doing it? Really? Circling back a little bit to what you just said about aesthetic witchcraft, I think we might have a disagreement. Because I have gone back and forth on how I felt about aesthetic witchcraft quite a lot. Um, but I think I've finally come to the sort of the I've settled on the idea that I kind of like it. And the reason I like it is because, I mean, of course, it'll depend on what like the framework that you work within and what you believe in terms of like spirits and deities. But someone pointed out to me sort of recently ish that um, things that are aesthetic and things that are beautiful are a representation of divine beauty. And that yes. in itself can pay respect to divinity and that can help your spell work um but if that sort of is a little bit more nuanced and a little bit more specific if you are doing things if you're using things that are specifically beautiful because you know that it will please um a certain divinity then that is more sort of intentional aesthetic witchcraft whereas if you're just putting things together because they look good to you then eh yeah I, I'm, that's kind of silly yeah and i mean this in like the the negative sense where they're doing it because they're trying to get as many likes. You can tell that I, I kind of get a little kind of worked up about people that are doing this for um, social media clout. And what I mean social media clout is that it's not just an issue I find with um, with the craft in general or paganism. Is that I've seen that's an issue with social media in general, especially when it comes to um, any type of social justice or anything of the sort. Is that it's all very aesthetic and pretty and shown in a way to get people to... Um, double click on it, get the heart, and then they don't care about it the next day. And that comes into is that I'm okay with things being beautiful. I don't know if anybody's seen the things that I do when it comes to my tarot spreads. I'm definitely very aesthetic about it. However, if it, however everything has its place and everything has its, again, not the right term, but intention. Everything has its research behind it and nothing is contradicting itself. Yeah, like if you are, for example, trying to follow two traditions that are sort of geographically the same, they're going to have this similar plants and similar animals, but each culture is going to have its own association with those animals. They may be similar or they may be completely different. Um, and if you're trying to work within the two of them at the same time, good luck that sounds like an absolute head fry because if you're looking at someone who's saying that rosemary is for protection and someone else who's saying that it's for love you're probably not getting the kind of protection that you want and if you're trying to work within both of those frameworks at the same time good luck basically yeah. and and that comes into is that that's a question of that uh, special correspondences because i think that's what we're really discussing right now is correspondences is that correspondences can be definitely um cultural so what's in one culture may not be the same. And that comes into deciding, researching, and understanding your practice. Because if you have a very specific practice, for example, um, like in hoodoo, if you are a hoodoo pract practitioner, right? And in your practice, there is a very specific correspondence for a certain product, let's just say a herb, Right. Just because that has a different correspondences in Europe does not mean that it's you can just change it for the sake of the spell that you're doing. If you're standing in a tradition, you get to play within those rules. And that's where people talk about elective practices. And you see that often because they think it's, again, choosing between sea witch or cosmic witch or green witch or hedge witch. It's not that simple. It's not about choosing your Pokemon or choosing your um, Sailor Scout. You actually have to do the research on it. And that comes into electric witches actually need to be more knowledgeable about almost a little bit of everything and being able to find out what practice they primarily walk in. Yeah, because I think that there is a certain level that you can get to with eclectic witchcraft, but I definitely think it's more beneficial to you spiritually and sort of religiously if you follow a specific cultural path and tradition because the thing about eclectic witchcraft is you can sort of research everything but putting that into practice can be very very difficult because when you are researching and trying to find these sort of different traditions um 
that you want to draw inspiration from. You need to be very specific in what you are, I guess, sort of taking from them. Um, and you need to be able to justify why you're taking one sort of practices or cultures a correspondence of a herb for example which i seem to be using a lot over another why did you choose the irish association with rosemary over the scottish one why why and i feel like that is just unnecessarily difficult yeah and i think it's just that finding your your main practice is going to be your best bet i consider myself more um aeolectic but i definitely follow more of a trad craft um style of witchcraft and then i do sprinkle in a lot of um, hellenistic which is greek just because my my patron goddess so you can do mixes there's nothing wrong with doing mixes but you also have to know what you're doing when it comes to mixes um for example um i do um have a lot of like really deep friendship with um, norse pagans i uh, admin for a norse pagan discord shout out to you heathen weirdos which is another podcast which is fantastic um i am learning more and more about north uh norse like pagantry and heathenism do i have any interest in it hell no it just doesn't click. <laughs> like it just doesn't click for my practice right um i've definitely learned quite a bit um there's very minimum i'm going to take from that practice because it's just not hitting for me but knowing about it is important yeah um, I basically in the same boat with astrology. I've got a lot of friends who are amazing astrologers. Um, and I one like I I believe in astrology to a certain extent, and I do they do sort of read my charts for me, and it is always quite accurate. Um, but there is absolutely no way that astrology will ever be a part of my practice because I hate it. I hate it so much. <laughs> <laughs> I can't do it, and it annoys me. It is too difficult. And I don't like that. <laughs> Just scary. Yeah, like I'm dipping my toes in astrology, but it's a lot. And I think that we've definitely established our practice within tarot and what we use it for. Um, it's for us, it's very strictly, well, at least not for, I shouldn't say speak for both of us, but it's like, it's very um, strictly like a really strong part of our practice, the divinatory part, portion of it and mm-hmm. what we use it for. And I'm sure we both discuss using it in spellcraft and such, but really to just drive home is that spellcraft needs to be personal to you and you need to know what every ingredient is because you don't need to have everything, but you need everything to have its place and have its story. And you have to make sure that it's not contradicting what you're doing. Like if you're going to be doing a, again, a money spell and you use rosemary for protection, why the hell would you do that? Why? Protecting yourself against money? Like, (laughs) If you want to have um, use a herb, which I don't have anything off the top of my head, but if you want to use a herb that's going to draw in and retain money, which they're definitely out there, you just have to find the um, like the plant, like the herbology books that offer you that knowledge. That's a herb that you'd want to use. If you can't have access to that herb, that's not necessary in your practice as long as that you're bringing it into the spell work. And I cannot put enough emphasis as well on um, honestly making sure it happens you want to if you do it well and it works you write it down and you try it again if it works again perfect there's your spell if you try it again and it doesn't work might have been a coincidence you have to mm-hmm. almost um test run your spells to make sure that they work because if you do one spell and you're like oh my god it worked and then you never do it again to see if it continues to work then was it really a spell did it really work or did it just happen which is half, honestly, which is very um, common because if you're already making a plan without magic, sometimes things just fall in your lap just because, you know, you did all the right things. Yeah, like if you apply for a job and you did a money or you did a job spell, you might have just had a good resume. I mean, you probably might have gotten the job anyway, but doing sort of these magical things in the background can sort of be more of an assured way to make sure that it goes the right way. Yeah, like spell work is such a really big part of my practice, but I don't think people realize that how almost boring and mundane it is. And the reason why it's so boring and mundane is because you can't change things overnight. It has to be tiny little things. And that's where it's coming into almost like hexing, if we might even discuss that. Like, I don't believe in a one and done hex. Uh, That has to be like little things over and over time. And honestly, I don't give a shit 
enough about people to do that type of work. So a lot of people are like, why, why don't you hex? And I was like, because I, I don't care about it. Like, if I had to put that much energy into ruining somebody's life a little bit at a time and needle all the time, that's, I don't care about them that enough. If the, like, I don't know how to explain that in a way that makes sense. It's just like, they're not worth my energy if I have to do that to them. I'd rather just cut them out. Yeah, I mean, I do, I do baneful workings not often, because as you were saying, who has the time? Who cares that much? Um, it's very, very rare, because honestly, it's just easier to just remove them from my life and to like not not even move on, but just to stop being in contact with them, because like. Who has the time? Who has the time to do this all of the time and to constantly be sort of redoing this spell work and putting in the extra energy to make sure that someone else suffers? Like, if you really hate someone and it's fair enough, I've done it myself, sure, go ahead. If you genuinely, spitefully hate this person so much that you are willing to put in this time and energy and effort just to be spiteful, then good for you because I don't have that energy. I mean, I do, just not. Not all the time. I don't have that much energy. At the end of the day, if you're spending that much time, are you giving them power over you? Yeah, that's it as well, to be honest. If you really are, like, thinking about them that much that you have to continuously do this baneful working just to get your own back, are you giving them more power over you? Yeah, you're ruining their life a little bit at a time. Or maybe a lot at a time, depending on what you're doing. But, like, come on. Why? And that also comes into just spell work in general. Um, is it ethical? Um, because we, we use job, a job spell as an example, right? Um, you got the job, fantastic. All the other people didn't. And if yeah. you move the needle to influence and to benefit you, you're taking away from somebody else one way or the other. Yeah. I mean, that's the thing as well. When you get something, someone else doesn't. There is that balance and it will be restored. Um, for I don't want to use that. W- a lot of the time when people talk about this, they say like for every uh, action, there's an equal and opposite reaction. But this isn't, this isn't science. And I feel like when people try to bring science into witchcraft in that way, it can get very weird real quick, especially when people try to use like quantum physics and stuff. Um, what I'm talking about is sort of spiritual balance. When you are tipping the scales in your favor you are lowering the scales in favor of some it out of favor of someone else and so you are taking something away from them or it i mean it might not always be a person it depends on like what you're doing but just like for the job spell for as an example um yeah you're getting that job but then someone else isn't so yeah ethically i'm kind of eh on that because either way if I got the job magically or without, that person still wouldn't have gotten the job. Yeah. And that comes into, it's just like, what are you actually doing? And that comes by working by working, right? Yeah. Um, for me is that I've gotten screwed enough in my own life. I need to take back a little bit because in my practice, um, everything has a cost. And that comes into why I take payments for tarot readings and why I don't necessarily do free ones is because... Um, the energy that I use, I'm paying somebody else for that. And when somebody else, when I say somebody, I don't mean somebody human. I'm paying something else for that, and I need some sort of payment to kind of soften the blow a little bit, right? So everything has a cost. It's whether you're willing to pay that cost, and that comes into are you prepared for blowback when you're doing. Um, spell work because sometimes it's not other people paying the cost sometimes it's just you one way or the other yeah and it is usually in kind of an unexpected way at least in my experience (laughs) um I've never really been able to prepare I guess for blowback I've been able like preventing it is easier for me than preparing for it I would rather not do a spell and face the sort of blowback of that or the results of that then I would do it and just try and prepare for something that I don't know what's going to happen yeah and this is where especially for newer practitioners I generally recommend to just do um, prayer 
when I say prayer, it doesn't mean to a deity. I just mean like prayer to your own power because spell work is really just a prayer to your own power, but it just comes into, if you don't want to pay a cost, you don't have to, you can just pray to your own power and kind of bolster that and kind of nudge yourself forward to do more mundane things. But if you're going to manipulate energies, you're going to manipulate um, influence to make things happen for you. Um, there's, there's some sort of cost there one way or the other. Yeah. I mean, for me, I've always found it more beneficial to, I guess, sort of, sort of using your example, use my own power to do the mundane things and to sort of use that energy to give myself the energy to do the things I need to do while praying to a saint or a deity or a spirit, etc. And asking for them to help me along with it as well. Um, I've seen a lot of the like people recommending like praying to yourself and stuff. I see a lot of that and I think it's cool, but it's not something I do. <laughs> yeah, and that's fair. See, I'm an arrogant asshole, so I will absolutely pray to myself because I'm Greek. Um, uh, no, as you should. And honestly, I think everyone listening to this should start praying to you as well. I think this could become your deification. Um, yes! I will... start a cult. Oh my god, I'm so excited. <laughs> I will be hopping the next flight to Canada to build you your temple, you know. Absolutely. Put like peeled grapes in my mouth. It's going to be great. Peeled grapes are the worst. What are you talking <laughs> about right now? They're, they're they've got the their eyeballs. That's what makes them great. Listen, I'm not going to be like one of those cool deities. I'm going to be like, you know, blood and bones, which is also still cool, so. <laughs> Um, one thing to kind of finish off of is that this is a little more of an advanced, um, working, but just something I want to throw out there. If you're really worried about like, um, payment and payback and, um, harming people, it's funny because a lot of people hear the word necromancy and they freak out and, or spirit work in general is that depending on, this is again, more advanced, but if you work with something that you can actually communicate with dead that are not that nice of people when they were alive. Um, I like to almost kind of take from that energy because what I do is that when I do a working, any blowback goes on somebody that um, deserves it. I love that so much for you. I really do. <laughs> oh my God. That is such a good idea. <laughs> yeah. I'm just like, well, you're not even alive. So you can't even like hurt anybody who's like living like, it's not going to have a ripple effect within their family or anything of the sort. It's just like, you're dead. You don't deserve to go into the afterlife because you suck as a person. And you suck when you're alive and you suck when you're dead. So I will do some spirit work to invoke them and basically step on their neck a little bit. And I'll be like, I'm punishing you to get what I want. Because the p payment has to be made and I'm not going to hurt anybody in this world to do it. I'm not going to hurt myself. I'm going to hurt you to make it work. I'm going to try that sometime. That sounds fun. <laughs> oh, it's a lot of fun. And that's the thing is that I find it fascinating when people are like, I'm so scared of um, spirit work. Um, don't. It's definitely, again, more of an advanced practice because you need to know what you're doing. Um, but when I do it, yeah, I, I find it funny that we did discuss, again, everything has a price. And I'm like, oh, I make people pay the price. Um, they're just, you know, like just some asshole from like the 1700s that didn't deserve to be on this <laughs> earth. Oh my god. Yeah, so I think to recap a little bit, um, balance is important. If you're in a tradition, you play by that tradition's rules. You can't just make your own shit up. I mean, you can, but that's going to require a lot of trial and error, and I wouldn't recommend it. There are established traditions for a reason. Um, and there was a third thing. Yeah, prepare yourself for blowback. Prepare yourself for the consequences of your own actions. Unless you have, like, you know, a gimp to beat up. A spiritual gimp to slap around. <laughs> I'm going to tweet that after this. <laughs> then, yeah, you're fine. Um, no, but joke aside, research, 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 research. Because I've done work where I didn't do the necessary things to... Like I didn't wasn't specific enough on who it was going to take from, and it's unfortunately has um, hurt people, which you want to watch for. Because when I say hurt people, I'm like oh, it didn't hurt them like severely, but it was enough that I'm like, you know what, I can definitely tell that this was 
this happened because of me, so I have to make sure I'm a little more careful. Spell work shouldn't be something that's kind of thrown around lightly. Um, I think the safest one is basically um, self-love. As long as you're not doing somebody else's self-love spell, do your own. Yeah, do your own self-love spell. And also, don't love yourself too much. Don't become an egotistical person. Don't become it, someone crazy like Kateri. Yes. Don't. <laughs> what you are witnessing right now is the effect of too many self-love spells, okay? Just a few. Just a few. <laughs> All right, I think that wraps it up. Yeah, I think so too. Um, I've been on... Oh my god, I've been choking. <laughs> I've been on Unkyluck, and um, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Owen Unkyluck. I also have a shop where I sell tarot readings. You can check that out. It's shopakyluck.com. I had to think about that for a second. Um, <laughs> you will find that in the podcast link tree, as well as in the description of the video and no it's not a video is it a video it's a video and it's also on spotify and apple podcast it's almost everywhere and you're gonna find the link there yeah you will you can also find me over on twitter again at soothsayers underscore t where i will be running the official podcast twitter account Yes. And for myself, my name's Kateri with Venoxes, V-E-N-N-O-X-E-S dot net, where you can purchase PDF readings for me. Or if you want to speak with me directly, you can arrange a Zoom reading. Um, I do run the Instagram for Soothsayers T. That's Soothsayer underscore T. Again, you'll find that all in the link tree, along, along with links to both of our shops and socials. And everywhere that you can find the podcast, because there are a lot of places now. There's a lot of places. Honestly, I think going on either our Twitter or Instagram is going to be our best, your best bet for contacting us. Yeah, go follow us. Check us out. Interact with our posts. Yes. Give us your views. <laughs> look at us. Just look at us with your eyes. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Bye, everybody. Thank you very much. Bye-bye. Thank mm-hmm. you.